Vincent van Gogh was a Dutch painter, generally considered the greatest after Rembrandt and one of the greatest post-impressionalists. His artistic career was extremely short, lasting only 10 years from 1880 to 1890. The film we discussed tonight, Loving Vincent, took seven years to make. The film, the world's first fully painted feature film, tells the story of the last years of Vincent van Gogh's life. Welcome again to another fantastic episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am here with my hosts, Justin Strange and Zach Briggs. What up? What up? What up? Copy each other tonight? We're your, we're your host tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I am your host, Jerome Kramers. Tonight we're discussing a lovely film called Loving Vincent. It's a 2017 film that is known for being the world's first fully painted film let's talk about it no i'm good i'm just kidding i assume you guys watched it i hope you did i did oh we were supposed to watch it yeah that was tonight Ooh. man was I'm, tonight. Just I'm just kidding i watched it i watched it today actually because i like to do them same either either on sunday or on monday like before i go to work because it, so it stays fresh in my brain i usually don't have time to watch a full movie through at one go so i'll usually start a movie at night and then finish it the following day at my break at lunch so i watched <laughs> uh, it last night and then finished I'm it a, today I'm not, I'm not a big fan of of starting movies and then stopping like i can do that with tv shows like an episode of something but like with a movie i either yeah. it, unless i'm like super like if i start a movie and i'm like crazy tired i might stop it but like usually i get through it i have to i'm with you but it's just the fact if I don't do that, I'll never watch movies. Uh, okay. That's which fair. is how long they are and the schedule I have. I just, I'll either be up till like 1 a.m., which is not acceptable, or I have to split that time up and watch some after my daughter goes to bed and then some before, usually before I get home and have to deal with her again. Totally. So it's Life. What I have to do. So, but anyway, give me a, a quick thought. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was visually captivating through and through. It kind of reminded me of uh, the movie A Scanner Darkly just because the fact that there's animation, it's just, oh my God, just well, the colors. I know that's rotoscoped, obviously, yeah. but behind the scenes, you could see that there's real actors. Um, so I was kind of um, looking at snippets of the behind the scenes bits. I was uh, amazed at how they translated uh, that acting into this full-fledged painted uh, I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece but it was uh, certainly appetizing I'd say appetizing and yes uh, I like delicious film. <laughs> I like how um, it's from the perspective of uh, Mr. Uh, Armand Armand Roland. Roland yeah Roland I believe yeah. yeah and he's a part of a family um, who are you know they're painted they're painted individuals by van gogh if you know it dive into some of the the pieces he painted um during his rather short career uh, as a painter and i just like all the the way that uh, he goes interviewing uh, individuals to learn more about how van gogh died uh, that the divide trying to figure out whether it was suicide or you no know, killed by someone and this that visual transition from one of the people that he's interviewing and it is the colors on screen it goes to black and white i like this the way that they transitioned overall i thought the movie was fantastic i'd watch it again to perhaps catch things i did in the past there's a number of great actors i've seen and yeah shows i've movies um there was, what's the helen mccrory uh, uh if i'm saying that correctly i think uh she was in peaky peaky blinders if i'm not mistaken i saw her and then saoirse ronan mm -hmm. she plays one of the uh, one of the blonde 
uh, gals that, you know, uh, that Armin interviews toward the end. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's also so many, so many others. Yeah. It, like Chris O'Dowd is mm-hmm. uh, the IT crowd, host. baby. I love him. That freaking um, show. Uh, a surprising face that I saw was Jerome Flynn, who plays Braun on Game of Thrones. He played Dr. Gachette. Um, probably butchered that name. I apologize. I think that's but... how they pronounce it in the movie. Gachet. Um, I think it's Gachet. Yeah, it was Gachet. But what can I do now? I'm a lowly American. Nothing. No. Yeah, um, but I love the film because despite the fact that it's a beautiful film and that it is kind of an homage to this incredible artist, I just love the effort that was put into it. Like who goes about creating a film? Because it's essentially a stop motion animated film, but they painted every single frame. That's how they made the movie is they painted over 65,000 frames for this film it's it's 94 minutes long and one of the artists stephanie mang um has a quote that said a single minute of the film is made up of 720 paintings so at 94 minutes long that's over sixty-five thousand paintings jake how many artists were involved remember in the beginning of the film it says it's like 100 or something i forgot yeah like 100 at least um i can probably get the exact stats up in a second but i i thought it was in the hundreds yeah at least in at, at least a hundred for sure that's amazing and the process behind that was really really cool too which we can go into into more detail but i want to get justin's opinion justin what did you think of the film what are your initial thoughts you know, I just hated it. I hated it so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, okay, well, of course. The music was wonderful, right? Oh, okay. It's my turn now, Zach. You had your turn. <laughs> um, I think all around, this was a great, like a great film. Um, I, I really enjoyed the visuals, of course, especially like Zach, you're saying the transitions. That was one thing I really noticed was going from color to black and white. And I was like, I was like, is I thought maybe it was like sketchings, but you know, like charcoal. I thought that yeah, at first as well. Yeah, and or, or just even pencil. Like I thought maybe it was just pencil sketching, but then I was like, no, because um, I saw some like video of them painting that, and so, but it looked like I love the contrast between the present versus the the past, where it's like the memories. Well, yeah, exactly the memories. The um, the the present looked really great but it's it was a little more um i, I don't want to say messy just not as fine as what how the the flashbacks basically were were painted um so i really enjoyed that contrast and then yeah the music i i really want to put that on my spotify playlist cuz it was really good like and it, it was like music that just it wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel as far as you know counterpoint goes and um trying to add music on top of something you wouldn't expect and blah, 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 blah. It's like, it just was like, this is the kind of music you would listen to if you're either painting or looking at a painting. Yeah. And, I, and, and like, go would listen to. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, this is like, it was just like, I mean, we've used this term before and I've used it to, to um, describe the French dispatch was like, oh, not poetry, like watching a painting. Right. Yeah. That's what I was doing the whole time. I mean, literally, that's what we in were doing. Case, literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So literally, that's what we were doing was watching a painting, but a it was moving just painting. Like, it was just like, yeah, I mean, just like watching a flip book if it were a bunch of paintings. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love that about this film because it really felt like it got down to the like essence of artists in general, not just film, but like artists in general, like every single I feel like every single creative person when they're like in like sixth or seventh grade probably makes like a random flip book oh, yeah. of like two guys fighting or like or a ball bouncing i made exactly my, i made Just, my high school students make a flip book and a lot of them did a ball bouncing because it was very easy to do precisely um, but it's just something that artists do i think it's ingrained in the creative process and the people who love um, the creative process one thing i would like to add before you get going is like yes the the movie was beautiful it sounded great but i really i enjoyed the story at first i was like because I, I, I like when i was um when the movie first came on i was like trying to get settled down and all this stuff so i was kind of like missing the point but once i got into it like i really enjoyed this kind of this guy who's not really a detective 
he's not a detective. But then I saw that he joined the police force at the end of the movie, that he joined the police force and worked the police force, um, that he played a detective, basically, because he's like, first of all, who the hell am I supposed to give this note to? Because the person <laughs> I'm supposed to give it to is dead. And But then he's like, you know, he finds out some things, and he's like, oh, well, he killed himself. How did he... Why did he kill himself? And then, oh, he might have gotten shot. And it's just like, the story was really good. Plus, I, I, I really enjoy the British accent, like, in general. So, like, I watch a lot of uh, the Great British Baking Show um, because, like, they they're, when they speak, they speak so proper. And their voices are so, like, I don't know how to explain lovely. this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, lovely. That's a great a great term for it. Even the guys, <laughs> even the men is, like, yeah. I, I want to live there <laughs> just for their accent. So it's, like, I just enjoy listening. And, like, even the girl um, – who was like the innkeeper mm-hmm. that he he gets a lot of its information from. Um, I really enjoyed listening to her speak. So like I I liked the story a lot, but I I just I enjoy the British accent. So yeah, they had a nice me, mix of northern and southern English accents. Yeah, like that I'd doctor, say. that one doctor that said it he got shot and stuff. He's like, I, it no, was you know what I mean? It was a little. Um, I mean, it was an immersive uh, breaking for me. The fact that they're you know, English accents, various versions for a character that wasn't even English. But uh, I, th- I think it, w- it worked uh, for this uh, for this movie. Um, but the only thing that kind of put me off is like when the right who when he walks in when one of the was it uh, Armand or Roland when he walks into or no no I think it's during one of the memory scenes when Van Gogh walks into like a. a the end perhaps and oh the foreigner it's like they they, they sound oh yeah go sounds english they sound english like they, they could have done perhaps a, a better job to distinguish like between uh what makes them a foreigner uh, yeah i thought about that uh, too because that was he, the only thing very nitpicky but yeah i thought the same thing when he called him a foreigner and i was like what oh i guess because you know we we live in the, the united states so a foreigner to us is like anybody not from the united states but I don't they know where sound this, different. Yeah, they must sound different. They know they know like they know accents over there. So it's like they yeah. know and somebody's not from there. But the guy who played uh, Van Gogh, I thought was fantastic as well. A very uh, tormented individual. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't know much about Vincent Van Gogh growing up other than, oh, he cut off his ear and he was a mm-hmm. wonderful painter. My grandfather, uh, my dad's side, has the Starry Night. Uh, like a copy mm-hmm. of that. Uh, I think a lot of people in the world have seen some Van Gogh. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. And that very distinctive uh, style that he possessed. And just reading a little bit more about Van Gogh and his brother who uh, had that gallery he was trying to make uh, worthy of establishing as a business and how they kind of supported each other throughout their, throughout you know, their, Ups and downs is pretty interesting. It sounded like to me that Theo was supporting him from yeah from just the movie perspective. Is Theo? He, he even said like the doctor even said like you know how big it, he could have a house like this if it wasn't for. I thought it was an incredible film. For the fact, like you mentioned, Justin, it's just like you're watching a painting on a film because we literally are. But <clears throat> the whole reason I was interested in it was the fact that it was a hand painted film. Right. I thought, who would go through the effort of painting of a movie frame by frame? What would go through that? Somebody would. Yeah, and as you know, I love the I love the creative process for anything that's made, and so that's what attracted me when I heard about this film. Um, it wasn't necessarily that I was attracted to Vincent Van Gogh or, or his artwork, which I do think they're beautiful, but it was the fact that someone would do, make a labor. This obviously is a labor of love for this artist well you know it it it's like it's like any animation you know like i think animation in itself is like an art just not just you know literally painting but the painting thing is crazy because Mm -hmm. it took forever to do and a bunch of people to do it but like you know even just regular traditional animation is like i like it i enjoy watching and then things like and i've talked about this before like 70s animation I, it just has this certain look to it and like i it to me that attracts me and so like mm-hmm. just to see somebody who or not somebody people who 
created this fully painted animation it's like just in itself i'm like even if the story's not good i'm gonna watch this you know what yeah. i mean and it's- and like the story like i really enjoyed the story but it's not like it was like something that was mind-blowing you know it's no. just it was just they needed it- something it's so a familiar it was, familiar it was, formula. Yeah, a exactly. lovely intimate film, you know, like it wasn't right. it didn't set out to be like a well, showstopper. Well, it besides wanted, the paintings. Besides the paintings, but the storyline <laughs> story. itself. But it's like you know, um I could compare it to Citizen Kane, you know, we we talked about this. It's like Citizen Kane's stories not that great. Like it's okay, but it's harder every, to follow. Yeah, it, the everything that goes into making Citizen Kane is what makes it interesting. It's mm-hmm. not like I I don't I, if I were like, hey, let's watch Citizen Kane. It's such a good movie. It's like no, it's because of the way every the, the technological innovations that uh, Orson Welles implemented into that movie is what makes it a great movie. And it's the same with this. It's like the story is great, but it's not like a mm-hmm. mind-blowing story. There's no crazy twist or anything. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of a twist. It's quite a simple but film. But it's very simple film where it's just like a guy trying to find answers. Yeah. But let's do and, it and, over paintings. <laughs> yeah, and I did like, I mean, technically I think you could probably define it as a like neo-noir type film because this guy really is mm, yeah, I guess like right. investigating like what happened to this person. Like he's the role of the investigator. It was father's the, friend. The and the whole story, yeah, and the whole story is told through the different perspectives of individuals surrounding Vincent. Which by the way, I should probably give like a little a little summary of the film. Sure. The the summary of the film is is this. Um Armand Rolin um the son of one of vincent's paintings tasks him with delivering a letter to his brother to vincent's brother after vincent's death um and so that is what armand sets out to do only to find that vincent's brother has also passed away and it becomes a a journey of figuring out who to deliver this letter to and as he goes on this journey to deliver the letter he becomes more involved in the final years of vincent's life and leading up to vincent's death and so he kind of becomes this impromptu investigator to determine what really happened to vincent and this is not a um this is not a hist- it's not accurate this is a this is a fiction but it blends um historical um, historical conjecture that we know about with this fictional story and wraps it all around these figures, which um, all the figures or all the all the characters featured in this movie are all people that Vincent painted. So the postmaster, the doctor, like Doctor Gachet, uh, the housekeeper, like Louis Chevalier, um, the uh, the boatman, all these are all characters in the movie that they've fictionalized based off of paintings that vincent actually painted of, of real yeah. people yeah I like. and so all all throughout the film you're getting these glimpses of actual paintings that vincent made um all throughout the film uh, they actually reference over 120 of vincent's actual paintings so the scenes that they take place at are taken from paintings the people that they're from are taken from from paintings um and they've used all of his work and his life to create this this encompassing story for us but that's the summary of the film it's it's really kind of a neo-noir yeah about the the scenes uh, where they're based on paintings or not Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's some Things that they came up with their, themselves uh, to, you know, but in the style, still trying to keep the style. Unless yeah, every but like all the single all scene, the, all the set dressings, like whenever there's like a a scene, they're all created to to get to a reference point that Vincent actually painted. So like um, the girl at the the girl at the piano, um, or like Vincent or um, not Vincent. Um, 
the Dr. Gachet, like all the scenes and the, the place. How about, how about the field where he uh, shot himself? Is that based off a painting too? Mm -hmm. Which one? Is it Starry Night? Um, it looks no, like there's a field right. in that one. I want to know which field where he tried to kill himself. I think that's pretty uh, interesting. You're pretty interesting. I think he has several. He has many, many paintings of the wheat field. It's weird how he just painted where he was going to shoot himself. Again, yeah. I don't know if this is actually where he, he shot himself. That might be fictionalization for the story. Maybe should have, they, they should have prefaced the movie with that. They used the <laughs> paintings, at least to my eye, they used the paintings as kind of references to create sets, to create the settings for where the story takes place. This is not accurate. It is a fiction. But it's people kind should, of... People, sh people should be given that disclaimer when they watch Blonde. Because people thought it was a biography, but it's based off a <laughs> fictional book. Somehow bring you back to Blonde, don't you, Zach? How do we get to this, Because <laughs> uh... people watching this probably think that the story being portrayed is accurate, but there's no disclaimer. Well, yeah, there... I don't... Like the stories are being told through all the people that this detective's interviewing. I mean, what are they gonna, probably not going to do much research after? Well, I mean, even when the movie's over, you see the paintings, the mm -hmm. live, the real paint. Well, not the real paintings, but you know, digitized the versions of the real paint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the characters in the movie. So it's like you know that he painted these people. You know, he might not have painted everything that's in the movie, but he painted the people, and so they're their versions of what he painted. I mean, the versions he painted were a little more uh, not as um, refined. Uh, yes, thank you. Refined. I almost said fine, but I mean, either one would have worked. <laughs> but refined is a better word. Um, they're not as refined, even the the painting of himself. Uh, but I mean, if you if you stuck those into the movie, I don't know how aesthetically pleasing it would have been because they were like... Um, like their faces were like it was almost like looking in a funhouse mirror on some of them, where mm -hmm. their faces are like distorted and stuff. Yeah, that's post impressionism. <laughs> but I, I, I do. I mean, they're great paintings still, but I don't, I don't know if they would have worked in this movie. Yeah, post, uh, post impressionism is kind of it was like my understanding of post impressionism was kind of like a reaction to, um. Man, it's like the it was reaction to like the naturalistic depiction that was in painting at the time, and so it was this kind of way of of like exaggeration. I think just kind of like uh like taking life and then making more of it. Um, which of course Van Gogh's actually. Consider and they say this in the film. You know, he's considered the father of expressionism. Expressionism. And if you ever look up, like the definition of expressionism, that is an art form that like emphasizes the distortion of reality. So all of his work is heavily taking what he saw and then exaggerating it and redefining it. So. That's why all of his portraits and still lives have that almost abstract quality to them. So did this movie make you want to learn more about Van Gogh? Well, I mean, I, I know a little bit painting, about him through... Like the art aspect, because you just talked about like the, the, the style and the impressionism. Yeah, well, the only reason I know that is because I've, I've taken art history courses in college. I have a minor in studio art, and so we took two semesters of uh of art history starting way back from like you know the caveman drawings to modern times and so i remember a little of that still mm -hmm. um which is the only the only way that i'm able to contribute anything of worth in that aspect to this conversation yeah because i didn't that's also any... kind of like why i enjoyed the movie as well is because like oh i recognize i recognize so like when the movie was playing i was recognizing oh that's that's a painting that he's done. I recognize that person. That's inspired by this painting, and so it was neat for me to go through it, of almost like a, like a Where's Waldo, of like okay, find find the painting, find Vincent's work, 
So this Destiny. movie didn't win best animated feature. It was beat by some. What, yeah, what I was, was going to ask it? If, if it won any awards. It was nominated. I mean, it better have been. I'm surprised it didn't win. I would have straight up voted for this. Like, why? Was, why? Why not? I don't know. Probably. What was the What was it? The movie that won was it? Paw Patrol. No <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Puss in Boots. Probably. Um, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's oh. deserving. It has more of appeal. I mean, I understand. Think? Yeah, but still, Thanks. I think. How many people are going to be spending vaguely, the money to watch Loving Vincent? I do vaguely remember this being. I remember valid. it being nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Now I thought it looked weird, it. but it was it was like oddly mesmerizing when I watched, like when they were talking about oh Loving Vincent, and he's like it's interesting. Yeah, you know what I thought this movie was when you mentioned it, uh, Jake was the movie Love Simon. Mm. It's that's about like a, I think it's about like a gay kid. That's afraid to come out or something like that. I was like, why does he want us to watch this movie? I mean, I'm not against watching it, but I was like, that's weird. But then I realized that it's not that at all. Uh, so yeah, that that See, I was wrong about. Good. I was wrong about Spider Man and the Spider Verse. It was um, Coco. Oh my god, you've got to be freaking kidding me! <laughs> freaking Disney. Sorry. They have the stranglehold on. Hey, it um, not. it it beat the Boss Baby. The Boss Baby could have won. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather Coco win than the Boss Baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, but I would have rather like now having watched this movie. It's like this should have won tons of awards. Actually, yeah. let me see if it won any awards. The acting was great. I yeah, the acting was really good. Like. I mean, I just think British people are just good actors, though. Um, like a lot, the the lot of them, if you will. That's a British saying. The lot of them. We'll take the lot. That's from Harry Potter. Yeah, um, in the scene where they're with the woman's uh, saying, "Oh, yeah, they're taking off the trolley, dude." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "I'm all set." It's like this yeah. crappy sandwich. <laughs> he's like, "I'll take the lot." Yes, rich see, Harry it Potter. It did. It did win a few rewards. It won Best Animated Feature in the European Film Awards. Good for them. And the that Shanghai International Film Festival. Us Americans, we love Coco. Freaking yeah. Coco. <laughs> I've never seen Coco. And I don't ever care to see Coco. Dang. It won a few. It looks like it won most of its awards overseas. Yeah, that makes Had sense. Had a better appreciation overseas for some reason. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... it's it's not that interesting in the sense that, like, Americans, I don't know, like... Stereotyping incoming. It's not... It's just, <laughs> like, we want... we Things that win over here aren't normally things that should probably win. Um, but then, you know, I, I get surprised sometimes, like, when Parad Parasite won uh, Best Movie, you know, I was like, oh... But and then Brendan Fraser won Best Actor, you know. So sometimes you get surprised, but a lot of times you can almost predict what, you know, where where what's going to win at the Oscars. I feel like the American Oscars is very politicized. So it's oh yeah, whatever, totally. Whatever movie has the most, uh, what would you say, like most apparent political message for the time, like whatever the the bandwagon is, that's usually whatever wins. Whatever people are like, this should win because of this. Yeah. Anyway, unfortunate, but that's a whole other issue. We can talk about it next year's Oscars if we want. Um. So I, I did I did some research on the way that they made this film, and pretty much what they did is first they got all the actors and filmed them in front of a green screen. So they got their their plates, which, you know, Justin, it's um, I found it kind of interesting. You said you love the 70s animations film because a lot of those 70s films are rotoscoped, which is, you know, animators drawing for audience animators drawing over film Live plates. Yeah. And this movie was done the, the same, same way. way, except instead of drawing, it was oil paintings. Mm -hmm. And so what they would do is they would get the the That's plate then they would have a team which i looked it up zach it's a, it was 125 artists 
they would go and paint the initial frame of the film. And then whenever they had the next frame, they would erase that portion that needed to be changed or they would paint on the next frame. So you'd have a base plate and then they would adjust for the next scene, ending with a final plate of of that scene. Which, interestingly enough, if you if you guys like this movie enough or listeners if you like this movie enough you can go and actually buy paintings from the film they have i would love to do that well wait until i tell you the prices oh (laughs) uh, of course because they uh they range anywhere from like 450 euro to over six thousand. unless you can find a replica (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yes or you can find a poster i guess I, I wouldn't mind having just the movie poster of this movie but the posters yeah i would like uh go on painting. google images and print it print it out <laughs> there you go put it on a glossy piece of paper yes yeah but i found it really interesting that after they've made the artwork they've they are you know making those those frames available for people who really want to join because my understanding is the production company behind this has started a another painted film and they're trying to raise money for that and you know reuse some of the frames that uh for that next film so they've just taken kind of like the most uh appealing frames from this movie and are selling them to raise money for the next movie so be on the lookout for the next movie that comes out from from these guys. Yeah. I wonder what it, would it would be based around another artist. I don't Maybe. know. Picasso, something to do with him. Or uh, what's the other ones? Um, some more uh, uh, Salvador Dali. Oh yeah, that'd, that'd be excellent. I saw a bunch of Salvador crazy. Dali paintings uh, yesterday. He painted a lot of the uh, Holocaust. Uh, themed ones yeah be kind of cool to see another one but you know this one is kind of one of a kind so i kind of like that aspect about it too is like there's nothing else like it you know yeah i like lord of the rings from the 70s or was it the 80s the 70s yeah Yeah. it was the 70s i actually watched the hobbit um it was okay i mean it's like that rotoscoped yeah i I mean I think a lot of the 70s stuff was mostly rotoscope. Now, I'm sure Disney stuff and there's traditional animation in there, but rotoscope is just, and we've talked about rotoscope before, it just seems like a lot easier than having to draw from scratch. Um, mm-hmm. But once you draw that that initial image, all you got to do now is just draw the movements, and that can be tedious, but at least you have the majority of the image still. I'm looking for the production company behind this Let's see if i can find what they're next but um, i agree you mentioned earlier justin that it was kind of hard to follow in the beginning and you mm-hmm. also liked the black and white portions better and uh, i would actually have to agree with you on that i found it a little difficult to follow in the beginning part of that might have been because i couldn't find the closed captions and i just yeah. don't watch the closed captions anymore but but especially because with the painted feature of this mm-hmm. it was really difficult to to really follow it, like it was hard at first because because you're like so engrossed in the artwork and stuff that you like don't really I, care about the story as much until you're finally like it's almost like adjusting your eyes to the dark you know you get you go in the dark and then once your eyes are adjusted you're good to go but like at first I was just like oh my god this is crazy and then I was like okay I got to pay attention to the story like I know this looks great but I I need to I need to pay I I would have loved to have seen this movie in theaters. Like I wish mm-hmm. even well in 2017, I mean, I was watching movies and stuff, but I wasn't going to theaters this much. And uh, I don't know. I wish I would have loved to have seen this in theaters. That's why you gotta, I, you gotta see movies in theaters because you never know what it's going to turn out to be. Sorry. Yeah. And I just think it's unfortunate because I don't feel like this movie got a lot of, uh, it didn't get a lot of, of noise surrounding it when it came out. Like it, right. it didn't have a, a, a massive marketing campaign. It didn't have a lot of people talking about it. And so I feel like a lot of people just kind of and, glossed over it. The only reason I paid attention to it is because I was so interested in the fact that they actually painted this film, but 
for other you know, like for the general audiences they might not care about that exactly like there's a lot of stuff that you know will watch us as film lovers that i'm like hey i'm gonna go see this movie like when um you're like what <laughs> yeah like when marcel the show with shoes on came out and i was like oh my god this movie looks so good and I was like, hey, I want to see this movie. And they're like, yeah, maybe that's where it's so talking about my family. No, it looks weird. And, I'm, and then I'll mention like, you know, anime, like Studio Ghibli stuff. And they're like, that's anime. I'm like, so what? Like, it still tells relatable stories. I think maybe a lot of people be... probably have a similar reaction to seeing clips or trailers for Loving Vincent. Like, it's too happen? indie looking. It looks weird. Yeah, I think it, probably. I don't care it, about I, an I artist. I think the simplicity of the story probably turned a lot of people off because, you know, there's just not a huge amount of people who love, like, just paintings in general. I feel like most people today are modern in today's society. Well, they just um, don't care about, like, the aesthetics of a movie like we would, you know? like That goes into a movie. I mean, seriously, like... People are just, you know, often like a lot of the students I teach now, like uh, there's since they're not film students, they're just arts like they're students basically. You know, you tell them they they'll never know about a movie and usually until I say something or make them watch it, and they'll never know it, it would have existed. You know, mm-hmm. like right now we're watching a movie called Unsane, which we've talked about this movie as right. well, and uh, it's and we're watching it because it was shot on an iPhone, and so. But like they would have never known that until I said this movie shot on us on an iPhone, and I'm gonna make you watch it. Um, so like, I th- I just think a lot of people, especially in Arkansas, you know, like Arkansas is so, um, I don't know, it's just the film movement isn't. I mean, it, I think it's growing a little bit, especially up in the northern part of Arkansas, but like, it's just not big enough around here for people to be like like going to see Wes Anderson movies usually like now Asteroid City when I saw that movie in theaters that freaking theater was practically full and I was like what the hell but usually I'll go see a movie and a lot of times it's it's by myself you know because like Midsummer when I saw that movie it was me and maybe three other people when I saw Bo is Afraid it was maybe me and two other people in the whole theater and then when I saw um, I'm trying to think of a big movie like if I go see Transformers or something like that, it's like a lot of people. When I saw Cocaine Bear, <laughs> there was that that theater was packed. It was mostly young people, younger than me, but you know it was packed. I had to sit next to somebody. Like that's how packed it was. I typically don't like to sit next to people at the movie theater. People don't know. So yeah, I just think that this the audience for those kind of movies here, especially here in Arkansas, is just like very small. If it doesn't have anything to do with cars or robots or superheroes or football it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter how can we get general audiences to like really appreciate the artistic movies that are coming out i have no idea marketing gotta be the level the style of marketing. yeah yeah you could like like let's look at like movies like inglorious bastards that like promoted brad pitt heavily in that movie like brad pitt in it's brad pitt in brad pitt's barely in that freaking movie you go see it and he's barely in it but hey, it got people to go see. Well, it's also a Quentin Tarantino movie, so it's an odd movie. That helps. That helps a little bit. But you know, promoting these big stars that, like, when Little Miss Sunshine came out, you know, Steve Carell's in that movie, and um, when Steve Carell shot that movie, he wasn't a big name. But then he became a big name because of The Office and because of um, Forty Year Old Virgin. And then they're like, oh, now we can use Steve Carell to promote this movie. And he he is in the the whole movie like the majority of the movie and he's very good in it and like but like they're like oh now that Steve Carell is big we can use that to promote this movie so like the only way that you might be able to sell one of those kind of movies is first of all get a big star in it and then if it they only have five minutes of screen time boom there's your hook we got Tom Cruise in this movie come see yeah. it. You know, it's not like, yeah. come look at the beautiful artwork that created the, all the manpower that went into it. They don't who's care. The, who's the biggest star in uh, in Loving Vincent, would you say? Again, I, I, for British audiences, it might be different. But for American, 
I think what, the, what's the biggest one would you say? I mean, the one that I the only one I immediately recognized was David O'Dowd. Well, Chris O'Dowd. And the only reason I recognized him was because of the IT crowd. But like me and my friends watch that show. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nobody really that I know has ever heard of it. But me and my friends have. Um, but yes, Chris O'Dowd is in that movie and he's been in a lot of stuff, like, but I know him from the IT crowd. And then um the only other one, I don't know, like that what's her face? Sersha Ronan. Yeah, Sersha yeah. Ronan. Because yeah. she's in something. Isn't she in a big show? She in yeah. um I know her from the movie she... Brooklyn, but she's been in that it was in a kind of a I don't know if it was like a detective slash scary movie. Well, she wasn't in a TV show. She wasn't in like Game of Thrones or anything, was she? No. Oh, okay. That I don't know of. Not that I know of. Yeah, okay. I just I've heard her name before, and so that's the only other person I can. But for the rotoscope movie, Scanner Darkly, you had Keanu Reeves, you had what, well, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. So yeah. you had a lot of uh, big yeah. name stars. On top of that, uh, I mean, it, despite that, it, it fell short of well making back I, what it the budget was. I mean, it had yeah. general positive reviews, and I feel like that the style of the movie having to do with drugs. <laughs> mm. a kind of a sad terror about drugs and hallucinations that probably got people I mean drugs sex drugs and uh what's violence that's what brings I people guess. to the seats yeah I like with a scanner darkly and I've never I've never seen it I do own it but I've never seen it but it's like good. I think that because of the fact that you got you know rotoscoped actors even if they're big names it's like I I'm gonna guess that the rotoscoping probably turned some people off too because they're like mm-hmm. that they thought it was probably an animated movie which technically it is but like you know they might see it and go that looks stupid because it's animated it's like it's like I can't tell exactly it looks yeah like they it don't, could be live action but it's not I, yeah i want to give just, it a chance it's just it's just not what they're used to you know they they want to see it in live action whereas us who will give movies like that a chance we'll go see it you know it's like it's like when the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker came out, and you know the if you've ever seen that game, it looks it. yeah, it looks like it looks like it's geared for children, but it's a great game. But it got a lot of flack when it first came out because of the the cartoony graphics. Um, that's what led uh, Nintendo to make Twilight Princess, and so like just little things like that will be like, oh, this is for kids. I don't want to watch this. And it's still like, no, dude, you don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> just because mm-hmm. it's animated, that was just something the director chose, but it doesn't mean that the movie's bad. So while you guys been talking, I've been doing some research on the next film that this production company is working on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they've actually already released it. It's uh, is a foreign film called, uh, in English, it's called The Peasants. Um, it's originally in Polish. I'm probably going to butcher this. Klopi? Klopi? It's an adult animated historical drama that is based off a uh, off a Nobel Prize winning novel of the same name. Basically, it's about a uh, young uh, a young uh, Polish peasant woman who creates havoc by marrying an older rich man. Oh yeah! Oh my God, this looks beautiful. Twenty twenty three, original name uh, Chlopi. That's C H L O P I. And I'm just looking at the frames on IMDb, yeah, and me too. they look, look incredible. Yeah. I wonder where I can watch this movie. For I'm watching. Uh, I'm, I'm reading an interview that uh, the excuse me that. The um, director, one of the producers, producers okay. Brian Lima Vincent was talking about, um, and during this this interview, which is released before the film, they're talking about how loving Vincent was very static, um, and set, but this film will be much more ambitious. So it hasn't released yet. Oh yeah, no, uh, it was released. released. Yeah, oh, it's, okay. it was released and actually won several awards. But uh, it hasn't released in the U.S. yet. It hasn't released in the U.S. yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Is it what is it English speaking or is it? I man, if they do, it's probably dubbed because it looks like the original name is in Polish and they've mm-hmm. just given an English 
name all the all the actors I'm looking at are 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 foreign. So no, I don't imagine this subtitles would be in perhaps English. Yeah, it'd be subtitles yeah. or dubbing, one of the two. All right. I'm excited but for this. Man, movie I, just to the, find. I just found the next film I'm watching. Yeah. What if it's gonna it probably won't come out till next year in the US. Probably a limited release date, if anything. Yeah. Oh, in Poland it was released in October. Oh yeah, we're not gonna see it for ages. Yeah. Unless we buy it. Like like the <laughs> Blu ray. Yeah. You probably you probably need a like I, what I have, a modified a Blu-ray player that could play region, uh, different region uh, discs. That's a nerd. <laughs> Peasants movie, but it looks yeah. good. So when it comes out, I'll see it. Why don't it you just go to, go to guys, Poland, especially now that they've created a second film in this style. What do you guys think about this becoming a potential genre, a potential, you know, entry into the animated world? I think it would work, and especially if they oh, do yeah. other genres that could appeal to more people. Well, it's like, you know, the whole screen life thing that we talked about where movies happen on screens. It's like it's becoming a thing now. So, if, you know, if they keep doing it, I, I mean, it'll it, I think it looks great. I don't know why they wouldn't keep going, but I'm sure they will. It's going to take some time, some years yeah. for people to really get used to it. I, I think the, the Spider-Verse animation, uh, animated movies, I think that took some it took people some time to get um, used Not to me, that man. style i was like i want to see this and even my friend josh who like yeah he loves he loves movies but like you know sometimes i show him things that he's never heard of or seen and like right when we saw the trailer for um into the spider-verse he was like i want to see that in theaters it's like okay i'm down and as you could tell tmnt the latest animated movie was inspired by uh, yeah, that, that style kind of information yeah animation. Mm-hmm. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong, but it I seems mean, like there, there was some inspiration. Yeah, I think it is. I, I, we had never seen, at least I'd never seen that style of animation in a movie before. Yeah, totally. With the frame rate or whatever the frame rate was. Yeah, there's a lot of different. That, that movie used all sorts of stuff. But I'm I'm very much for this this expansion of you know artistic quality. Like I feel like Hollywood has been like narrowing in into a very I'm going to say a, a very safe, like a safe uh, atmosphere of producing films. Like if you watch, if you go on Netflix, all the Netflix produced films have the same look. You go on HBO, all all of them have the same look in terms of like the lighting ratios and the camera placement and the style of the shots. They've, they've got themselves into a very safe place, very, uh, uh, like general audience friendly place that they've they've done research and calculated on figure like oh the most amount of people like this style of film and um the fact that there are artists out there who are pushing back on that and pushing the envelope and going in new directions such as into the spider-verse and the painterly quality of animation coming out and then this movie as well i think it's fantastic yeah, I hope it expands to other things, like other ways of animating things, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. people experiment with different types of cameras, it's like, why can't we experiment with, which I mean, we do, but it's kind of hard to find different types of animation to, to experiment with, rather than types of cameras, because we have so many, so many ways we can film things, it's like, so yeah, I, I, I agree, I hope it expands and all that stuff. I hope it does too. I I just like I fear that, you know, because with with especially like this loving Vincent, they were imitating an artist's particular style, and so finding the people with the talent to do that. I'm reading here on Wikipedia that they they uh, parsed through a selection of five thousand applicants wow. to get a total of one hundred and twenty five awesome. painters. So. Jeez. So the fact that they had to go through that many people to find individuals talented enough and capable to enough to make that film, just one film, you know, and if they start producing more of these, there I feel like there's going to be a bottleneck. Either that or maybe it will open up opportunities for artists to get back into 
oil painting and the what we'd call um you know analog material do you guys yeah. think that this would create a potential boon for painters or people interested in the physical medium are you talking about just as artists or as people trying to make movies and stuff um i was considering just artists oh i think that i mean like watching it i thought man i think it'd be kind of cool to be like a painter <laughs> but I, I couldn't do it but um yeah i i, I mean it'd be I, I was inspired a little bit but like I, i'm not gonna go out and do anything about that specifically but i was like it'd be kind of neat to to be a painter and just to go out and like sit and just paint because like i feel like it's somewhat easier to be a, an artist if you had that talent than it is to be a writer sometimes you know so mm. Even for me to go out and try to sit down and write, I'm just sitting there looking at my computer and I get distracted so easily. Whereas if I if I had the talent, I could take a canvas or something outside and just start, you know, going to town on it. Um, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I think it would spark interest for a lot of people to, whether they're artists or not, to either become painters or re reinvigorate their craft or just dive deeper into who Vincent van Gogh was. So I'm sure a lot more Google searches were yeah. the result of the movie. By the way, um, for those that are interested, there is a documentary um, about this and it's called loving Vincent, the impossible dream where it just mm. talks about creating the world's first fully painted feature film. And it's only an hour long. Um, and it's on Canopy, I believe. Um, That's Canopy with a K? Yep, Canopy with a K. Spelled just like Canopy, but with a K. Is Canopy available worldwide? Is it usable? I have no idea. No idea. I would assume so. Because there's like I know. there's foreign films on here and stuff, so I would assume so. I will say this would be pretty cool for our audience, that Canopy is uh, accessed through a lot of libraries. So if you have a library card you um, might have access to this program through your library. Also, if you're in college, you can ask your school um, if they have access to Canopy because that's how I that's how I first learned about it was UCA. Um, if you were a student at UCA, you could uh, you could ac be access to it. But then I uh, I had access to it for a while, even after graduating. But then it kind of earlier this year i couldn't use it anymore so then i learned that you could use a library card and i was like oh my god and then i got excited and then I, at first i couldn't find my library and then i all of a sudden could find my library one day so um it's a very reliable source um and it has a bunch of great movies on it a bunch of great um movies that you probably have heard of and movies most movies that you probably haven't heard of yeah, the, the tagline, it says, stream classic cinema, indie films, and top documentaries. So it's yeah. definitely going for that like artsy creator yeah. aspect, not the, the general mass produced. Not Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, those streaming services are great. Here's but a place I, one. It, it's, it's nice to have streaming services that don't cater to the general audience, which like Canopy is one of them, the Criterion channel is one of them, so... Those well, if you do, I mean, a lot of people don't go beyond whatever is just right in front of their face when they go on Netflix on Hulu. I mean, they have movies and a lot yeah. of independent films. You just got to dig for them. Right. But Canopy makes it a little bit easier. It's, yeah. Yeah, it kind of more specializes in it. Yeah. And, I mean, it like, and Canopy has movies like uh, Everywhere, everywhere all, what is it? All, Everything, everywhere, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, like it has movies like that, but. I don't consider that necessarily a blockbuster, but it kind of is. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of those rare indie films that went mainstream. Yeah, that everybody loved, which it was a great movie. It was a great movie. Um, but then you know they have a bunch of A twenty four stuff on here and stuff. So I don't know if you if you if you're looking for something a little different, Canopy and Criterion Channel. Uh, it's ten ninety nine a month. Like, I mean, I haven't found a free way to to access. Criterion Channel yet. Um, besides going, hey mom, I want I want this for Christmas. <laughs> a um, lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah, and I can probably get her to pay for me a year at least. So that's yeah. probably what I'll do, or for my birthday. Be cool Christmas present. Yeah, or for my birthday's coming up, so I just asked for that. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, great, uh, great resource. And one thing that my colleague, me and my colleague talked about was, um, she's been trying to get her students to get library cards. She's like, I think it's really important for students to get library cards because like we have a library, but if we can, it just them being students at Philander Smith, they can get library cards to cows, which is the central Arkansas library system. And it's a huge library system with several branches. And so I was like, dude, what you need to do is just make an assignment for them to watch a movie exclusively on canopy. Then they have to go get a library card or they yeah. get a zero. And so, but I don't think she ever did that, but we did, <laughs> we did bring someone out to the, the campus to, you know, distribute library cards. And I was like, if you guys go get a library card, I'll give you extra credit. So good for um, you. Libraries, so a lot of libraries, libraries yeah, a lot of them did it. And I, you know, I told them like, dude, libraries are a great, a great resource. It's not just going for looking for books. Like I don't have a library card to Cal's, but I use their, I can book their rooms for like when I was um, shooting a lot of short films and I need to audition people. Um, I used it for auditions and stuff. So it's like, yeah. and then they also check out movies and they have services and stuff like libraries are a great resource. It's incredible period. community resources yeah, all the way around. Exactly. And like college students, you know, they're too cool for that sometimes, but Hey man, for extra credit, they'll get the library card. They might not ever use it, but dang it. They'll get it. Good. Good for you. Well guys, that's, that's all I have for this. I thought this was a lovely conversation on a lovely film. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the matter? Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't mind watching it again with maybe some friends. Um, if I can find, you know, we do a, a movie night every week and there's certain categories and stuff we have to follow because of this book I have. And I don't know, maybe I'll see if I can find a category that this fits under that will involve them, you know, watching it with me. Cause I think it is a, a great, a lovely film. Like, it's not necessarily it is mind-blowing in the fact that the aesthetics the way that that's created but everything else about it is just you know a little not necessarily plain but the story is just a story and all that stuff but it's just a it's just all together lovely film like lovely is the best is i think the best the best word for it because it's like i don't know it's pleasing like it has a has a certain calmness to it to me it does yeah I agree with that, Zach. I, I think it, it's a lovely and somewhat cerebral, just for, for a lot of people, it might go over their heads. But I enjoyed this the, the captivating uh, art style, and, and uh, again, I know some of these actors, uh, not personally, obviously, but from previous roles. So it was nice to see some familiar faces. Yeah, I think the biggest thing after seeing the movie. Makes you want to watch the documentary or just read more into the behind the scenes and how the movie was uh, brought to the big screen. Yeah, I um I mentioned this before we started recording, but I had I had considered watching the documentary like almost immediately, but then I was like, you know what, I want to wait until after we talk about it to watch the documentary. So, let it digest. Let yeah, it digest. Yeah, I used watch- to I used to be the guy that after done watching a DVD or a Blu-ray. I would go right to the special features and watch the hours worth or sometimes these days they're kind of cheap. I feel like and they'll go like 20 <laughs> minutes worth of uh, yeah. uh, behind the scenes uh, interviews. But the uh, I think, um, yeah, I think the behind the scenes stuff is my number one go to. Yeah. I'll stuff. probably watch it soon, though, because it's only 55 minutes long. It's not very long. One other thing uh, I thought about quickly and then we'll be done is like I was watching the movie and I thought, you know, there's a documentary and there's a movie about this. Like maybe I can make my students watch it. But then I thought to myself also, I was like, they won't, they won't appreciate it. Like that's a bad thing about showing (laughs) some, some movies. Optimistic. I mean, it's, it's, it's very true though. Like they'll watch it and be like, it was cool. Like we really, we read um, the play driving Miss Daisy and I'm like, okay, what'd y'all think? And I would ask a certain specific student and they'd be like, it was cool. I'm like, you got to give me more than it was cool. Like, this is a discussion. You have to give me more than it was cool. Or if they don't like it, like, tell me why you don't like it. Like, it's so like watching this and being like, oh, man, this could be something I could show my students because we're going to start talking about documentaries and then we're going to talk about narrative films. So it's like, you know, two birds, not really yeah. two birds. It's like two two birds and two stones. But um, I was like, oh, I could show them both of these. But then I thought, even if they watch, you know, the documentary and the movie, I don't, I don't think they're going to appreciate it. Like I would want them to as a film 
film professor teaching film students, not just randos. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I know. Well, I think it was a lovely film, as we all agree. Um, I think it was an incredible endeavor of the art form, and I really appreciate the amount of love that was put into this film. You can tell every oh, frame yeah. of this film totally love poured into it. And so while the story may be a little simplistic in comparison to what we're used to in the Hollywood tentpole films, I think it was uh, very nice and well-fitting for the medium it was in. And this is definitely a movie that I would I would go out and buy a DVD oh, yeah. or a Blu-ray totally. of and keep it on keep it on my shelf as art because it's just a lovely piece. That will do it for tonight's episode. Um, thank you so much for being with us and listening to us. If you want to find us on the social webs, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and we are everywhere you can find a podcast to listen to so please reach out to us and respond we love hearing comments and suggestions from our listeners and um guys have a fantastic day bye